You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Houston Texans 40-0, improving their record to 3-1 on the season. And if you can't tell, my voice is a little hoarse today because I did my 111th being in attendance, cheering on a Buffalo Bills victory. And folks, it was an amazing experience. My first time at a Bills home game since 2011. And I'll tell you what, I regret there being so much time in between games because we had an amazing time. It was a great experience. I've been to a lot of football games since 2011, but nothing compares to being in the Bills stadium, cheering on the Buffalo Bills, and being part of that crowd. It was an absolute blast, and my wife had an amazing time. And look, maybe I can uh, get her on the podcast this week to uh, to talk about her first ever Bills Mafia experience. Uh, my brother David had a blast. My cousin Tom was with us and he had a great time. So it was great to spend time with family, enjoying a Buffalo Bills game, but it was also awesome to meet so many of you guys that came out to Hammer's Lot to say hello and got to shake hands and chat with a lot of listeners to this podcast. And everyone was so kind and uh, just really enjoyed chatting, just good conversations and um Really, really appreciated everyone who came out and, you know, so many people who said, look, I wish I could have came. You know, uh, I'm in Canada. We can't get to games. I'm out of town or or for whatever reason, couldn't make it over there. You know, thanks for taking the time to to say that you wish you could. Uh, it means a lot. And, you know, again, for the people that did come by, really, really enjoyed that we had an absolute blast. But we got a football game to respond to here today on the podcast. We'll do what we do every time. Things I liked things I didn't like. And look, I got stuff to say there. I know the Bills won 40 to nothing, but there is stuff to talk about in the things I didn't like section of the podcast. And then we'll close things out by talking about what's next for the podcast, what's next for the Bills, and checking in on the predictions that I made for this one. I think you'll see that I did quite well there on my predictions this time around. So let's start with the things I liked. And where do I start? Do I start defense? Uh, shutout win? Do I start offense putting up 40 points? I think we got to start with the defense. Like I mentioned, uh, a shutout, the second shutout of the season, the third time in franchise history that the Bills recorded multiple shutouts. First happened in 1982, the next time was 1990, and then of course in 2021. And folks, it's week four. It's week four. The Bills have two shutouts. They did that for an entire season in the past. They've They've only done that twice where they had two for an entire season. It's week four, and the Bills have two shutouts. It's only the third time since 1990 that a team recorded two shutouts in the first four games of the season. The other two teams that did that, the Washington football team in 1991, the Baltimore Ravens in 2001, they went on to win the Super Bowl. So the Bills find themselves in good company when it comes to recording shutouts two shutouts in the first four games of the season. But look at the numbers here. I mean, this is unbelievable. The Bills' defense held Houston to six first downs, 
109 total yards, five turnovers. Houston was two of 11 on third and fourth downs combined. The Bills recorded three sacks. Houston was limited to two and a half yards per pass play, 2.7 yards per rush, and the Bills defense recorded nine pass breakups. An absolutely dominant performance by the Bills defense. There was a point in the game where Houston recorded 29 yards on their first 28 plays. 29 yards on their first 28 plays. And we're talking about a Bills defense that did not have Jordan Poyer, that did not have Teron Johnson. Matt Milano played a series before he was injured and didn't finish the game. Yeah, I know it came against the Houston Texans, right? The lowly Houston Texans with Davis Mills as their quarterback. But it's not like the Bills defense was average or just okay or had a great game. They were dominant. And you can say what you want about the teams that the Bills played to start the season and how good the defense has looked against them. But again, it is the fact that they have been suffocating, dominant. I mean, they're just not giving up anything. Bigger tests are coming. But you have to love the way the defense is playing and the confidence that they're building going into tougher contests, which are obviously coming up in the next couple of weeks. Let's talk about some of the defensive players that stood out. Tremaine Edmonds, I thought, was terrific. Obviously, he had an interception and a pass breakup, led the team in tackles, but he was just playing fast and physical football. Reading his keys, getting downhill, finishing plays all over the place. You can tell that he was the emotional leader of the defense, and he played extremely well on Sunday. How about Cam Lewis? called up off the practice squad, filling in for Teron Johnson. He played lights out, had a tackle for loss, a pass breakup, and he was really active, was really focused in on him and loved the way he fit the run, loved the way he played downhill, loved the way he played in coverage, had a lot of confidence in the way he was playing. Jaquan Johnson, his first ever start filling in for Jordan Poyer, comes away with an interception, pass breakup, and they were using him as a one-high safety. They were playing him as a one-high safety deep off the ball. And he did a great job staying leveraged, reading the backfield, closing in on routes. I mean, the Texans didn't get anything deep down the field. And when they tried, the Bills turned the ball over. Jaquan Johnson played a big part in this win and the dominant defensive performance how about Ed Oliver I thought he set the tone early in the football game had a tackle for loss against the run had some quick pressure early in the contest his ability to penetrate the line of scrimmage and work into the backfield is showing up in a big way so far to start this season it's good to have Star Latulale back isn't it you guys saw him had a sack tackle for loss quarterback hit his presence is absolutely felt And so not only did he make plays, but I thought he was a big reason why Ed Oliver made that tackle for loss, why Tremaine Edmonds was able to get downhill. Star was star. And I never thought that at 31 years old he would become a really good pass rusher, but here we are. It's great to see. How about Boogie Basham? His first 
NFL action, right? He's been inactive so far to start his rookie campaign. He shows up in a big way, recording a sack, a tackle for loss, a quarterback hurry, and he just plays hard. That's what I love about him. He plays extremely hard. No, he doesn't have all the technique refinement yet at this point in his career, but his effort, urgency, and athleticism allows him to make plays. And so we'll see what it looks like moving forward if he dresses or not, but we know that when he's on the field, the motor is going to shine. And he can play inside and outside. He made very effective pass rushes both off the edge and from the interior. How about Tyler Medikavich on defense? You know, look, I know that the game was under wraps, but you were probably just like me. You wanted the shutout. You wanted the Bills to blank the Texans. And so once the game was obviously under wraps, I started rooting for the shutout. And Tyler Medikavich came away with a shutout-preserving interception. And he had a really good tackle in space where he was able to finish outside his frame. And I honestly wasn't expecting that given you know his very modest athletic profile. But he came in late in the game, did his job. Trey White was outstanding in this football game. We knew they were going to throw the football to Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks was quiet. That's because Trey, Trey White did his job shutting him down. Micah Hyde, interception. How about A.J. Klein, who had an assist on that interception? Got his hand on the football, tipped it up. Micah Hyde turned the ball over. A.J. Klein played well filling in for Matt Milano. And obviously we hope that Milano doesn't have to miss any time. But Klein has done a good job settling in on this defense. Really rough start to the season last year, but he got better and better. And he's really answered the call consistently of late, including towards the end of last year. So, A.J. Klein, another defensive standout for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, when it comes to this defense, nobody really stood out in a bad way. Levi Wallace played well. It was a total team defensive effort, all levels of the field, all positions on the depth chart, showed up, made contributions, even guys off the practice squad. Just a testament to the depth of this roster that Brandon Bean has built and how good of a job Sean McDermott and his staff does getting guys ready to play. So obviously the defense was terrific, and the offense did some really good things. 40 points, consecutive games with at least 40 points. That's the second time that's happened in team history. 26 first downs, 450 total yards, 251 passing yards, 199 rushing yards, held the ball for 38 minutes. The offense did some really good things. And we got to talk about the offensive line lineup change. You know, John Feliciano was injured in this game, and the Bills really shuffled the deck when it came to this offensive line. We saw Spencer Brown start at right tackle. Darrell Williams went to right guard. Ike Bakker comes off the bench to start at left guard. You know, Cody Ford is benched. John Feliciano's hurt. A really different-looking Bills offensive line against Houston, and they played well, especially Spencer Brown. 
I mean, this guy, I talked about it during the preseason. Week over week, he just got better and better. And I'm not sure if he earned this start because of his growth as a player and what he's been able to show in practice and when he's gotten into the games from time to time, or if it's just a shift because of the John Feliciano injury. But my goodness, he played outstanding, and he's going to be tough to take out of the lineup. When I knew that Spencer Brown was starting at right tackle, he became my primary focus when there were replays. I looked up at the screen, and I wanted to find Spencer Brown and see how he did on the play. And, folks, I was blown away. He's so good in the run game. Very technically refined. He's extremely smart. He understands his role in relationship to the play design. Understands a variety of techniques. I was legitimately blown away with how good he played. Really controlled in pass protection. Just an outstanding debut, starting debut for Spencer Brown. I mean, I think the Bills have their answer for a long time at right tackle. Now, he's got to keep on answering the call. But he's extremely gifted. He's got great size. And every time he steps on the field, I become more and more impressed. So I'll tell you what, this guy's looking like a steal in the third round for Brandon Bean. But overall, I mean, a different-looking offensive line. I thought they played well. Shifting gears to other things on the offense, how about Steph Diggs? I figured it was going to be time for him to really have a big game, and he answered the call, seven catches, 114 yards on 10 targets, and he made some tough catches, some really impressive finishes where contact was coming, it was a contested situation. He rose to the occasion and made some really tough catches, took some hits, held on to the football, and played great. I loved the deep ball hookup from him and Josh Allen. It was a play where he stacked that corner quick, and he separated down the field. It was a dime from Josh Allen and a great catch by Steph Diggs. A couple of times where Josh was able to extend plays and find Diggs down the field. It was a great performance from Steph Diggs. Another fun fact here on Steph Diggs, through 20 games, his first 20 games on the team, He's collected 153 catches, and that is the new NFL record for receptions by a player in their first 20 games with a team. 20 games, 153 catches for Steph Diggs. How about Emmanuel Sanders? Five catches, 74 yards on six targets. So another game in a row here where the efficiency is there throwing the football to Emmanuel Sanders. We talked about that after the first couple of games. The chemistry wasn't quite there yet between Josh and Sanders. It's there now, and he's playing great. How about Dawson Knox? How about 88? Two more touchdown catches, five receptions on the day, 37 yards. I think the Bills got their tight end, folks. Tried to tell you. Tried to tell you about this one. He's playing really, really well. I'm not I'm not fully ready to spike the football. But I'll tell you what, he's on pace for like 17 touchdown catches this year. The guy's been unbelievable. The consistency has been there. 
Josh is becoming more comfortable throwing in the football. He keeps answering the call. You could tell that they're really developing that rapport and chemistry. And it's fun to see because Dawson Knox is so gifted. And he's worked really hard to improve. And like we talked about last week, it's not just to start the year. This dates back last year. The last 13 games from Dawson Knox have been really good. And so I think we can kind of put all that tight end concern to ease for a while. Now Knox has to keep earning it, but I like I like the path that he's on. How about Josh Allen? He played good, right? 20-29, 248 yards, two touchdowns. Did have that interception, six rushes, 41 yards. Tough day, right? You got a lot of wet, sloppy conditions out there, and there were some struggles because of that, but I think he played well. He played well enough to win. We'll get into some of his shortcomings later, but we're talking about things I liked here. And I thought overall Josh Allen was worth a mention here in this portion of the show. How about that Buffalo Bills running game? Had another nice day. Averaged five yards per carry, over 200 yards rushing if you don't include the Mitch Trubisky kneel downs at the end of the game. Singletary and Moss were both productive. Moss with a touchdown. They both had 14 rushes. Did their job in a game where it was wet and the Bills probably had to run the ball a little bit more than we're used to seeing it. And as a team, you're talking about 40 rushing attempts. Well, the Bills are productive consistently throughout the game rushing the football. And Sean McDermott's buzz phrase this year so far has been, on offense, we want to be two-dimensional, and defensively, we want to make teams one-dimensional. And so I don't think that balanced is necessarily something the Bills are striving for in terms of run-to-pass ratio, but they want to be able to run the ball effectively and be two-dimensional. And so far through four games, I think we should be very satisfied with the Bills' run game. I thought Isaiah McKenzie did a really good job in the return game. Wet conditions, and he handled the football cleanly, made good decisions with it, and uh, continues to do a nice job as the Bills' return guy. Of course, minus the hiccup last week against Washington. Tyler Bass had a great game, 4 of 4 on field goals, 4 of 4 on extra points. The Bills only punted the ball one time, which is right at about the amount I like to see him punt. (laughs) So that was good to see. I thought the Bills' special teams in terms of coverage units were really good covering kicks and punts. And uh, the last thing I'll say here in the Things I Liked segment is that the Bills only committed three penalties. And so that has been something that has really improved from last year and the year before where penalties have been problematic for the Bills. And uh, since week one, the Bills have done well to not hurt themselves with costly penalties. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. 
The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card to Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. So I know the Bills won 40-0, to zero, but there's still some things I didn't like from the football game, and we got to talk about them. Let's start with the rain. And I know that that's not really something that the Bills can control, but that was not cool. Not a big fan of uh, football games in the rain. Makes for some sloppy plays. You saw it affect both teams early on. And um, I know that the elements are part of football, but nobody really likes it, right? <laughs> nobody likes there being sloppy moments because the ball's wet or you know it's hard to catch it or whatever. It's hard to hold on to it. You fumble, stuff like that. So we'll start with the rain. And it wasn't so bad where we were sitting in the stadium, uh, fortunate to have some, some really good seats that had – you know, mostly a covering over top, so it wasn't too bad. But, man, it was a sloppy and soggy walk back to the car. And, you know, it's uh, just everybody wants beautiful conditions for football games. We didn't get that. And we'll continue on with that, and we can blame the rain for some of this. But Josh Allen, first play of the game offensively for the Bills, throws an interception. And I'm sure that throwing the wet ball played into it, but it wasn't a good throw to Diggs. And – Kind of thought he locked in on that read, sailed the pass a little bit, and the Bills turned it over. And I'm not saying that I was worried when that happened, but I did have a moment of like, oh, man, this rain could be a neutralizer, and maybe this game's be a little tighter than we expect it to be. Obviously, that didn't wind up being the case, but I did not enjoy Josh Allen's interception on the Bills' first offensive play of the game. I also did not enjoy his fumble, or Devin Singletary's fumble, or Stephon Diggs's fumble. None of them were lost. The Bills did really well to recover their own fumbles, but I don't like to see the ball on the ground. And you can blame the rain if you want. I would say that a couple of those at least were not due to the rain. And so the fumbling stuff kind of went away last week, creeps up again this week. I did not like the distribution of the football in the passing game in this football game. Beasley only two catches on two targets. Gabriel Davis did not have a catch on one target, and he has just been quiet to start the year. Maybe it's that ankle. Maybe it's that ankle injury, but he wasn't on the report this week, but he just has not been himself. And I think that Emmanuel Sanders has a lot to do with that in terms of claiming that market share, but it'd be nice for... Davis to be a factor for three or four or five targets a game and uh, continue to provide that size and ball skills down the field has not happened yet this year. You know, Jay Kumaro, no targets. Isaiah McKenzie, no targets. Josh Allen only completed passes to five different receivers in this game, and that includes one to Devin Singletary and two to Cole Beasley. I mean, he basically threw the ball to Diggs, Sanders, and Knox. That's it. And that was okay for this game, but I want to see him do a better job of just kind of getting everyone going. Again, didn't cost the Bills in this game. It worked out. But there are going to be times where Josh needs to factor in some of these other players, and there's been a couple times this year where I just don't feel like that happened. And I thought Sunday was a good example of that. 
especially the running backs, right? I know that Gilliam caught a pass from Trubisky. Singletary had one catch, but Moss didn't have a catch. This is the type of game where you want to be able to get the backs involved in the passing game. You saw a ton of cover, too, from Lovey Smith. And typically against cover, too, the flats is a good area of the field to attack. And that just didn't really happen. And so I want to see more consistency getting everyone involved in the offense in the passing game. I did not like Matt Milano's hamstring injury. And we'll see if that's going to keep him out for some length of time. The Bills are typically very cautious with hamstring injuries. I don't know the severity of it. It may have been very minor, and the Bills felt they were comfortable with the game and playing against Houston and all the dynamics that go into that, and they didn't want to put him back in the lineup. But we've seen Matt Milano be the team's defensive MVP all year long so far, and I'd hate to see him get injured and miss any length of time. Now, another thing that I want to bring up here in the Things I Didn't Like segment is what happened after Deion Dawkins got hurt. And it was only one play. But I don't like that when Dawkins left the game, the Bills had to move three different players around to get the lineup the way they wanted it. So Spencer Brown moved from right tackle to left tackle. Daryl Williams went from right guard to right tackle. And then they brought in Cody Ford off the bench to play right guard. Three positions had to change because one player went down. And so that's not something that I like. Instead of just kind of taking a hit in one spot, you take a hit in three for one player going down. And maybe that's just the way the Bills feel about getting their best five players on the field under that scenario. But it's never good to have that much of a shift with your front five because one player goes down. The last thing I'll say here in the uh, things I didn't like segment is that the red zone offense kind of struggled in this one. Seven trips to the red zone, three touchdowns. There was a moment in the game where across five possessions in the second and third quarters for the Bills offense, Buffalo reached the Texans 15 eight, two, and 10-yard line and came away with only field goals. I mean, they were really kind of stuck there when it came to punching it in. And that's not typical. I know that they haven't been elite in terms of red zone offense this year, but last year they were terrific. And so Brian Dable was pretty hot with his play calling last year in the red zone, and the Bills need to find some consistency executing the offense in the red zone so that they could punch it in more often. Again, I'm not going to get super panicky or anything like that. Obviously, Josh Allen has typically been really good in the red zone, and the Bills have good players that know how to create in the red zone and make touchdowns, so there's nothing to panic about, but it is something on this team right now that we should have some level of concern about and that the coaching staff and players should be working hard to try and fix. Because there's going to be games where the Bills won't be able to get away with going three of seven in terms of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And what kind of bothered me about that was once the Bills offense crossed midfield, 
you saw the Texans play cover two, which is exactly what everyone in the world expected a defense coordinated by Lovey Smith to do. And playing against cover two is pretty simple in terms of where you attack it, middle of the field in the flats, and the Bills just didn't have consistency against cover two, which I found to be quite surprising. And so it'll be interesting to see if Kansas City tries to replicate some of that on Sunday night. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, sports, and movies all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, salted caramel. And look, maybe you haven't tried all the flavors and you want to. Get yourself a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones you like the best. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's close out the podcast by taking a look at how I did with my predictions on the game. Let's talk about what's next for the Bills, take a quick look across the division, and set the tone for the week ahead. So as for my predictions, I did well. The first thing I predicted was that Stephon Diggs would have 100 yards receiving. He did that with 114 yards, yes, on the first one. My next prediction was that the Bills would score at least 35 points, which was 10 more than Houston is giving up entering the game, and four more than the Bills' season average. And, of course, they did that by scoring 40 points. I predicted that the Bills' defense would record two or more turnovers and three or more sacks, and they did that. Five turnovers and three sacks for the Bills' defense. I predicted that the first kickoff that Andre Roberts fielded, he would take it out of the end zone, and he did. And, of course, I predicted a Bills win, and that happened. So I went a perfect 5-for-5 on my predictions this time around. So what's next for the Bills? It's a road date on Sunday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. So a big one, right? Third time in a calendar year that the Bills get a chance to play the Chiefs. We know what happened the first two times. Let's find out if the Bills close the gap. Let's see if they've come up with a better game plan for competing with Kansas City. Let's see if Josh Allen can play better against Kansas City. Big-time AFC game. 
The Bills want to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. You got to go win this game. And you got to go do it on the road, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Tough place to go play. So we'll find some things out about the Bills this week. But I like the way they're playing entering this game. Defense has been playing lights out, and the offense has really found its stride. Now it's time to go show the world what this team can do on Sunday Night Football next week against the Chiefs. As for the rest of the AFC East, Miami Dolphins fell at home to the Indianapolis Colts by a score of 27-17. to The Miami Dolphins are now 1-3. The Jets improved to 1-3 after beating the Titans 27-24 in overtime. And as of the recording of this podcast, the Patriots game has not concluded. So I'm not sure what their record is, but no matter what happened in that Patriots-Bucks game, the Bills are in first place in the AFC East. As for this podcast, tomorrow is going to be herd mentality. Got a ton of great questions already lined up for that. Could be an appearance by my wife. We'll see if she's up for it. Maybe get her on there to talk a little bit about her Bills Mafia experience, her first ever Bills Mafia experience. And then, of course, Wednesday we'll do our comprehensive primer on the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday. It'll be our crossover discussion with Locked On Chiefs Friday Leftover thoughts, banged up bills, predictions, all that type of stuff. And maybe there's a little something else in line for you this week. I don't want to commit to it just yet, but I have something else that could come your way this week. So make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Enjoy this Victory Monday, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.